0: Welcome to this Kessler Foundation podcast. The Foundation is a global leader in rehabilitation research that seeks to improve cognition, mobility and long-term outcomes, including employment for people with neurological disabilities caused by diseases and injuries of the brain and spinal cord. In this episode, we are talking with Dr. Guang Yui. He is the Director of Mobility and Rehabilitation Engineering Research at Kessler Foundation. He spoke with Rob Girth, the foundation's communications director.
1: So you received your undergrad from Beijing Normal University, and that's was what it was called. It's yeah. it's not called that now, right? It's called something it's
2: else. A, yeah. It's a. Sometimes people call uh, teachers' university. Teacher, I saw that. Yeah, normal university. So yeah. And so,
1: what was it like growing up in China? What was grade school like? What was high school like? What was getting into college like? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: You know, um the you know, every um, level of school was very competitive. You need to, like elementary school, you don't have, uh, and middle school and high school, you don't have to pass um, national exam. Only in college, you need, you know, do the national exam. But uh, even, you know, elementary school and middle school, high school, if you want to be in a, in a good school, you have to be very competitive. Your 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 exam has to be score has to be high to be admitted to that school. So the uh, uh, my elementary school and uh, middle school and high school. Uh, were among the best in uh, in that province, which is the Hunan province. Mm-hmm. It's similar like a state, right? Like, right. Yeah. China has like thirty provinces, and so the most you know the school I attended, I attended was uh, were among the best in, in the province. So you know, it's very competitive.
1: Yeah. And yeah. do you have to test to get into the best school, or is that just a,
2: a matter of? It's, so. Yeah, it's, it's not like here, you, if you live in this city, you go to school in this city, you know, unless you go to private school. Right, right, right. But in China, uh, there's only, especially at old times, you know, there was only limited resources, so they uh, put uh, more resources on some, some schools, so the school is much better than other schools which have less resources. So, uh, so you, you know, everybody had to compete uh, to get a better school if you really want to. So.
1: And was it like a boarding school or was it like a neighborhood school then for you?
2: It's more like uh, neighbor, uh, neighborhood school for elementary school but uh, for middle school and high school it's uh, like uh, a big area. For example, people, you know, my classmates some came from like more than 100 miles. Uh, so, okay. they, so we all ha- actually uh a boarding school we all you know uh uh lived in 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 a dorm in 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 a school even in the middle and the high school right so um so for middle school and high school actually it's, it's, a, it's a for a big area
1: and and at what point do you have to decide what you want to be We're growing up in right, yeah, sure. is, is it early on that you have to decide what direction you want to go or
2: well you know i you know as a kid you know everybody has a, you know <laughs> something uh, they want to do when they grow up. So, you know, when I was young, I I, I think you know, scientists was my first choice. Really? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny.
1: Did you have scientists in your family or like? What, no, uh,
2: we actually no. But uh, you know, my father's work was rela- related to science and technology, uh, engineering. He was. Uh, administrator in uh, in a government um, organization, uh, uh, you know, focused on hydraulic uh, power. Mm. You know, you make dams and uh, you know, uh, put you know generators and uh, generate power to you know make uh, electricity. You know, to to power you know different things. So yeah, his work was related to. But yeah. he, he for himself, he he was not an engineer. He was not a scientist. But yeah. he, he he worked uh, with many engineers and scientists actually in that area.
1: So early on, you knew you wanted to be a scientist. What yeah, what but um, what science did you want to go into? Did you? I know?
2: didn't know that. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a, you know. I I probably uh, dreamed more like uh, to be a scientist related to maybe space or you know or physics, something. but I I less thought about, you know, become, uh, you know, a biologic, biological scientist or physiologist or neuroscientist, <laughs> so. <laughs> All the
1: things that you now are. Yeah. So we'll get to that. I want to find out. I'm going to ask you that question. Hopefully, I'll remember to ask you that question when yeah. the time comes is how you ended up in the sciences that you're mm-hmm. in, but before we do that, how did you make the, so you went to college. Uh, undergrad in in China. How did you make the leap to the U.S. Then?
2: Well, for graduate graduate program, you know, at that time, you know, I came to U.S. Um, in 1984. Um, at that time, you know, the graduate programs in China were very limited. Not many graduate programs, especially related to you know, like motor control or something. Right, right. So very very little. So. Um, uh, but the U.S. you know had many of those those kind of programs, so uh, there are many uh, universities uh, offer the opportunities for people to apply. Um, so. And you ended
1: up at the University of Iowa for your PhD. Yeah. How did you end up in the in the Midwest then, of all places? Well, were, uh, you, were you a country boy or a city boy in China?
2: Uh, you know I I was born. A, in the country.
1: Yeah.
2: And um, and then uh, I grew up until second degree, I, I, no, second grade, with my uh, par- uh, grandparents uh, on my mother's side. Oh. So uh, that in was in the country. countryside. Yeah. When I reached to second grade, so I, you know, I moved to my parents' house, which is, uh, in the city, but not a big city, uh, maybe the city around... Uh, hundred thousand people at that time
0: right,
1: so not too exactly. big. so you ended up you ended up the university of uh, Iowa. Mm-hmm. so how, how did you
2: pick that was it well there's two uh, uh two reasons okay uh, the first reason um, i at that time i started to to study English I want to improve my uh, my uh, especially my conversation in english, so i because I was in Beijing, so there are many tourists from uh, you know from U.S. from Europe. So I, one day I was in a park. It a, it's a famous park. It's a lot of uh, you know uh, tourists come go to that park. So I I I I started to uh, c- have a conversation with a uh, with, uh, with with a person from U.S. and actually he he was a professor, uh, at University of Iowa. What <laughs> but, luck! Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, he asked me about, uh, you know, what I want to do. I said I want to go to a graduate program in the U.S. He said, how about you apply to our university? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was uh, you know, the first uh, reason I ended up uh, in Iowa. And then, uh, I, University of Iowa uh, gave me an assistantship. Ah. Yeah, so that covers my, you know, tuition and also, you know, um, uh, living costs. So,
1: and how was your English at that point where you decided to go to the University of Iowa? Was well,
2: it? I think my uh, written English was not too bad. I got a pretty high TOEFL score, and my uh, GIE score was also reasonable. Yeah. But I, my uh, uh, conversational. conversational English was uh, relatively poor. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I <laughs> that's always my goal to improve.
1: Yeah, well, be, way better than any, my, any of my languages I speak other than English, <laughs> which is zero. You so. know, this
2: is a difficult area because uh, when you uh, start to learn another language when you are already uh, adult, it's right. really difficult. Yeah. yeah. I can see how my son, who, uh, you know, English speak up he was so quickly, you know. He was, when he was here, it's he only four Right. Yeah. He um, only about a couple of weeks. he started to talk uh, English. <laughs> <and> <laughs> that's
1: great. So, so at the University of Iowa, you ended up uh, studying uh, sensory motor neuroscience. So, what? Yes. How, how did? Tell me how you got into that. Then. It's
2: more like a motor control. It's motor control, but it's a program is called uh, you know sensory motor uh, neuroscience. Um, so, and also it's related to exercise science. Exercise science, uh, yeah. Exercise oh. science. So, uh, uh, the department is called exercise, exercise science. Oh. So, but the department has many different uh, PhD programs. There's uh, biomechanics. There was, uh, you know, motor control, uh, sensor, uh, motor neuroscience. There was um, um, uh, uh, exercise physiology, which is more related to like uh, metabolism and uh, you know those kinds. And uh, there was also uh, programs related to, you know, sports or athletic training and administration. Yeah.
1: So, so what got you there? Like, what, what clicked in your head that you said, yeah, that's the major I want to, or that's the yeah. PhD I want to pursue? Yeah, I
2: was, you know, uh, I, when I was a college student, I was uh, in a, a track team. So, uh-huh. so, so I always uh, relate, you know, interest. I, I was all, always interested in uh, in motor control. You know how the nervous system controls the movements, and and uh, uh, so when I when the university of Iowa, they, you know, they, there's, yeah, it's so fantastic. There's a motor control program, and then there's and I can study uh, towards my PhD degree in there. So.
1: And, and i got to ask so in, in track what's what event were you were you a runner or in track were you a runner yeah as a runner
2: a... so like a mid, middle distance runner Yeah. yeah my ma- major um uh, event is uh, 1500 meters
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> how how's your time these days
2: well it's about uh um about 3 3 minutes yeah it's not too bad that's it's not pretty too good, good. yeah
1: <laughs> that's <pretty> good <laughs> see, see. Got to, it's, At a certain age, you got to be like, yeah, that's pretty yeah, good.
2: That was pretty good yeah. at that time. Now I cannot do that anymore. No. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: So, and then you went on from there. You went on to the University of Arizona. What did you study there? You st-
2: yeah, Arizona was, uh, you know, a postdoc program. So, I, I, that's, I specifically uh, contacted the, my mentor, you know, Roger Inoka. Hmm. He... He is a very well known um um uh motor control uh sensor motor uh neuroscientist mm-hmm. and in uh, china no he here oh, here okay uh, the university of arizona at that time oh okay yeah uh, so i contacted him uh, asked him whether he had any opening for uh post postdoc training and uh, uh, at that time, he just got a natural grant, and he he was uh, you know looking for <laughs> a new poster. <laughs> so that's a really you know good time.
1: Yeah, that was good timing exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what did you study there? Tell me tell me about the. the
2: uh, so you, you know when I arrived at uh, Arizona, I uh, Dr. Inoka gave me a uh, like a very specific project to do, which is related to control of motor units. You know, I don't know if you know motor unit. Motor units is the smallest um, unit in the muscle that can control the force output.
0: Okay. You can control.
2: I mean, not, you know, the smallest, of course, you know, the each muscle fiber that, that when con- that a contract, then generate force. But that you cannot control each muscle fiber. The only thing you can control is the motor unit. A uh, motor unit is uh, a group of muscle fibers okay. innovated by a motor neuron in the spinal cord.
1: By what? Uh, what by a motor neuron. Motor neuron, okay. In the
2: spinal, in the the spinal, spinal cord. Got so it. The, the neurons project to that, to that to a number of muscle fibers, and then the, the nerves descend the, uh, the uh, axon, you know, f- from the uh, neuron cell body, mm-hmm. it runs to the muscle, and this particular axon of no fiber, you know, split to each fiber. So for example, like a big muscle, like a quadricep, each neuron controls like hundreds of muscle fibers, but to complete a motor unit. Okay? Okay. But uh, like some other muscle, like hand muscle, or muscle control, uh, one one motor neuron only control like 10, 20 muscle fibers. So,
1: So you were studying each one of those individual groups.
2: Each of the motor neurons. Yeah. Uh, I mean motor units. Yeah. So the way to study is to put, um, put a, you know uh, intramuscular electrodes, like you to insert the electrode by a needle into the muscle, and you observe how when you ask the person to, for example, uh, index finger uh, abduction like this movement. Right. So yeah, you ask the person okay. to. So you the person against the force transducer. So the person starts to generate some force.
1: So I'm, I just want to describe for people, so you have your hand flat on the table, mm-hmm. and between your thumb and your forefinger, you're moving your forefinger towards yeah, your so
2: thumb. so your thumb will be fixed, so right. you cannot move your thumb. Right. And these three fingers are fixed. So the only only finger you can move is this one. Your pointer finger, uh, right. Yeah. OK. And then the, the so the finger is against uh, uh, a uh, force sensor. Something that's measuring how hard it can push. Right. Got it? So, and then, so the, then, the, since you have the electrode in the muscle. It's actually like so a little when you needle, start, needle, right? Try, right. <laughs> it's like
1: a little needle in your muscle. Yeah. All right, okay. So then
2: you can watch uh, how the muscle fires, a particular motor unit fire, based on the level of muscle, the, the, uh, the level of force the muscle generates. Right. So, so that's what, what he... So the specific question he wanted me to, to look at is yeah. uh, when, the, when the person keeps doing this, Get, get really fatigued, how that motor unit behavior change, so.
1: As it gets tired, as the muscle gets tired. Right, yeah. And what, just out of curiosity now, just to finish it off, what did you discover? Did you, what was the findings?
2: Well, the finding was, you know, they, uh, when, <clears throat> um, when they, uh, the, since you are against, the, so, in, in that particular task, usually you are, you, your fingers are against the same uh, same load for, as long as you can. Right. For example, 30% of your maximum load, okay? Yeah. So you, you keep doing it as long as you can. At the beginning, you only need a you know, f- few motor units to participate in that particular work. But uh, when you get tired, you can see from the screen that shows the firing of the motor unit and there's more and more motor units jump in because you know some of the earlier motor units get tired and some may cease may, may to fire and some new one has to jump in to, to 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 keep it work doing, uh, going until everyone gets tired. Then you have to, you know, <laughs> give up. <laughs> and then, and then
1: just out of curiosity, because you do a lot of work like this. Yeah. Did you do you as the scientist? Do you translate that into, oh well, here's an exercise. You know, here's an exercise routine that would help you fight this problem or help this help this out. Do you do you do do you take it that far or do you just here's the paper. Let somebody else figure out.
2: Well, yeah, you know some some uh, physiological findings. It's difficult to directly, you know, apply to to your everyday activities. Uh, some you can uh, indirectly related to, and some may be directly. But it really depends on uh, what kind of, uh, you know, for the motor like for the motor unit study. So that's we understand how the you know motor units are recruited by the nervous system, and how that's affected by. The uh, fatigue, uh, so that you know, we really cannot make a direct application to everyday life. So it's difficult, but it's uh, in, improve our knowledge yeah. about you know, how nervous system control muscles, especially under the uh, fatigue conditions.
1: And then from from there, you went to the Cleveland Clinic Learner, yeah. right? How did you end up there? Is that is that did you go directly from uh, University of Arizona to there, or?
2: Actually, that's a, another story. So oh, my, my mentor, uh, Dr. Roger Inoka, he left uh, Arizona. He was actually recruited by uh, Cleveland Clinic oh. uh, to be uh, uh, you know, uh, signed, uh, you know, faculty member, uh, full professor. Uh, at that time, I, I, I had not finished my, pro, uh, my postdoc uh, program yet, right. so I went with him together. Oh. So that was an, um, uh, about two years, little bit less than two years after I came to his, uh, his lab. So he moved to uh, Cleveland Clinic 1993 in the spring. I moved to Cleveland 1993 in September. So like a half years after him, because I had to finish some work um, uh, in Tucson, Arizona. And then, so, when I arrived at Cleveland Clinic, clinic I, I was still a postdoc fellow, or research associate. Right. I, so, and then at that time, I started to write my own grant. And uh, so, 19, from 1994, I received the first a relatively small grant um, that can support myself. So, they... Um the, the, the uh, Cleveland Clinic promoted me to, like, a, it's called a project staff,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or similar like, uh, you know, research assistant professor, mm-hmm. okay? So um, so I started to work on my own uh, project. And in 1996, uh, Roger Inoka left Cleveland Clinic. He went to University of Colorado Boulder because of some family problems, so reasons. So he left the Clinic. So, but I, it's also, it's a, it's coincident At the same time, I received my first R01 NIH grant, Which 1996. Which a, a top-level grant, yeah. yeah. Yeah, R01. And then, basically, the Cleveland Clinic, uh, you know, let me take over Roger a lab.
1: <laughs> so, so you live sort of a charmed life, is what you're saying. Huh? You live sort of a charmed life. Yeah, yeah. Everything seems to happen just at the right time right. for yeah, you yeah. to so move I, up. I
2: have been lucky. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I become a PI, I become a you know assistant professor uh, because of um, you know, as you said, it's you know R one is a prestigious uh, um, uh, award that uh, everybody recognizes. Yeah. Uh, um, and so that's uh, 1996. Um,
1: and then when did you start? Because one of the things I'm interested, very interested in, is this work that you did. And I hope I get this right. Yeah. Using mental imagery to strengthen muscles. Because right now, as we sit here, I'm working on my six pack. Yeah. Just thinking about it. <laughs> so tell me about that. How did yeah. that come about? That that's got to be like one of the biggest things you did at the Cleveland Clinic, I think right? That's uh,
2: one of the. Um, I would, uh, you know one of the things I. I proud the most. Yeah. Yeah, Because uh, the reason I did that, um, you know, I was taking courses for my uh, graduate studies at Iowa. Uh, Then, um, you know, um, I learned for muscle strength, uh, if you go to a gym and uh, train your muscle, uh, try to get uh, your strength increased. And there are actually two factors uh, related to uh, contribute to the, the strength gain. And one is actually, the first one is a neural. It's a neural factor, which is how strongly your brain can generate the signal to your muscle. Okay? Okay, all right. Yeah. And the second one is uh, muscle factor, which is uh, when you, you go to gym and uh, lift heavy weights and your muscle become bigger. It's called a muscle hypertrophy.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. That's the one I understood. Yeah. The first one The first one, I one,
2: actually, is more important. Go ahead. Tell actually, me about, tell me uh, about that. The first then. one is more important. And actually, it's more, uh, much more important in rehabilitation. Um, so if you do a, a voluntary contraction... You cannot do. You cannot generate any force or strength without uh, your voluntary command from your brain to go to your muscle. So this 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 command or this uh, uh, signal, uh, in everybody, in normal people, for example, um, this command is always not big enough to recruit all your muscle fibers. There's a big reserve in your muscle, even though you try your hardest your so,
1: hardest, so if I'm doing a, a, a bicep curl yeah right I've if got you, for
2: example live uh, fifty pounds for example right you probably only use even though you try your your your, your, your best effort right you probably only use 50, uh, fifty sixty or maximum seventy percent of your muscles real right okay. because your 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 uh, nervous system is not designed in a way that you can always maximally activate your muscle. There's always a reserve. For athletes, they can do better, but still they cannot 100%. Huh. So, so that's why if you train yourself to do uh, weights, you can slowly, uh, progressively improve your brain's ability to generate bigger signals to recruit more motor units or more, more, more muscle fibers, and then you can generate a greater uh, force. So that you, you, that's, that's the reason your strength can increase, even without uh, muscle change.
1: So and, that's, where, that's where I get s- stumped then. So, so I can increase, can I increase the size
2: of my muscle? You can, but uh, the size of muscle increase ha- cannot happen in, in at least uh, two or three weeks later. There's no way you can change your muscle size uh, like one week or two weeks. Usually people think it's about at least four to six weeks you Just can change your muscle size.
1: So tell me, how, practically, how do, you, uh, how do you look at this? How do you?
2: So even uh, you go to do physical training, right. strength training, yeah. um, you, the per, first part of your strength increase or for strength gain is from your nervous system you know the, the improvement of your nervous system to recruit your muscle to recruit more muscle to participate in the, in the activity
1: so that beyond your muscle getting bigger or how much weight you're lifting it's not about that it's, it's about nervous. it's yeah. about it's a nervous
2: system yeah so from that you know after I learned that so i I started thinking if what if I don't do a physical, I only do my, you know, I train my nervous system? Yeah. Can I get, a, you know, strength increase? Yeah. So that's why, I, you know, I I, I designed an experiment myself and um, to ask people to think about not just, a, you know, in your mind that you're watching somebody doing that, but you have to really uh, kind of a similar, like uh, you urge your muscle contract. Right. Urging. That's a key word. Urge. Yeah. Yeah. Urge. Yeah. If you do correctly, and my, first, my first study uh, showed that in a little—actually, uh, my first study, I, I trained this little finger muscle here. You're, okay, the little because finger. Because the reason is because you don't use this very much. Right. So there's a lot of room to improve. So I, so I only trained four weeks. So average, <clears throat> the average strength increase was 22%. So and you trained
1: it. So I got my hand flat on the table again, and instead yeah. of I'm moving my pinky finger yeah, just, away from my other fingers. And yeah. that,
2: so just so that you think about it, your, your your fingers. So you're not actually something.
1: you're not actually moving your finger. No. You're just no. thinking about moving. So we put
2: your the finger. elect we put the electrode on the uh, on top of the muscle. to Make sure that the muscle was not activated.
1: Right on the side of your hand you're pointing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right below is your the, pinky actually, finger. This is the muscle. Yeah. Yeah. So muscle right below your mm-hmm. uh, your pinky finger. Right. And so without actually moving it. You're just thinking about yeah. what it would be like to move it, mm-hmm. and then go ahead. What did you discover then?
2: So there was a 20, 20, 22% increase of the strength after four weeks of training, like three times a week, uh, you know, um, three times a week and uh, about 15 to 20 minutes uh, each each time. So people get more than 20, 20% increase of the strength.
1: And did the muscle get any bigger at that no. point? No, no, but but the strength went up that yeah. much. yeah.
2: Wow. That's a that's a that's a good uh demonstration of uh you know the muscle strength increase from nervous system without a you know muscle change. And so what
1: what did you do with this study? What did you, how did you what did you do next then?
2: Yeah, uh so uh later later on so people argue that uh, okay so yeah, we we see you 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 had this uh you know fantastic result. Uh, but uh uh, can you get the strength increase from other muscles like a uh, biceps you use every day um, so <clears throat> uh we then trained another uh, there's another study we 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 compared uh the uh, strength changes uh, of biceps and uh, and the same uh, little finger muscle right and we we saw actually it 's true that um um we had about sixteen per about uh, against about four, 40, uh, four weeks training we had a um no this is not a four week this is a much longer training so we, we actually want we want to see uh, you know the 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 slope of the strength change right i think we had a, like a twelve week uh, training okay that was done in at clinic um so we saw the biceps um we had about sixteen percent strength increase after uh four weeks, and then um later on there's more increase, but those are uh, attributed to to muscle get a, get a bigger uh but it I f-
1: a- actually got bigger
2: yeah later yeah later yeah, but after four weeks it's not bigger right uh, f- for the little finger uh, it's about the same. Uh, after four or five weeks, but uh, later on, so, so it increased to about 30-80% uh, total. Um, so also, we look at the muscle, use an MRI, look at the muscle, so muscle also gets bigger. Uh, so there's a combination of uh, neural, and, and, and also, it shows that uh, the, the mental training or imagery training can increase not only this little muscle uh, strength, but also you know big muscle you use every day. So, but uh, to a lower extent. So this must
1: have made the news, right? I mean, people. Oh, must yeah, have Oh yeah, the news everywhere.
2: Yeah, I, I got calls from Germany, from <laughs> Japan, from everywhere you know, at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: spent a few years at Men's Health yeah. magazine working there, <laughs> and I can just like yeah, if I was there during this time, this would uh, be a story.
2: There is also you know, there's a uh, you know requests like a. Uh, uh, news people f- uh, from uh, a foreign country like as as remember uh, from south korea they want to fly to us to inter- <laughs> <laughs> so so what so why aren't you uh,
1: incredibly rich and and have a giant uh, mansion somewhere mm. like what what happened then with this research what, what did you what did you do cuz like yeah. I, you said, you were in the news and this was a pretty cool thing yeah, to be able yeah. to do
2: yeah so we, we try to apply this to like a rehabilitation because you know uh, you know I, I said be, uh, earlier time that uh, this is really important for rehabilitation because yeah. a lot of people who cannot go to gym and who cannot do you know high intensity muscle exercise, but they they, they have a healthy brain, you right. know they can use their mind to 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 do this uh, you know um, mental uh, exercise or mental training. To get stronger, or at least maintain the muscle, uh, you know, condition. So, so then we did an we did, a, we did a, a agent study uh, when I was at clinic. That was also supported uh, our one grant.
1: Uh, yeah. <coughs> so, what was that? What did you do?
2: Yeah, just uh, you know, just elderly people can also uh, like young people. They can use their mind and increase uh, the strength. So yeah. I and now, actually, this uh, cancer weakness study is based on similar similar idea. So it's
1: a the whole um, using your mind. Right. So, you know, this
2: cancer study, you know, cancer weakness study support another one right now. Um, so basically, we, we we ask people to uh, generate uh, low muscle force, but I apply strong, strong mental effort. So the reason to use a low level because when you always ask people to, you know, keep the muscle silent, that's really difficult. Yeah. But if you but allow them to have, you know, not look at the muscle activity, but mainly concentrate on, on, on the mind, uh, even though there's some, some, some muscle activity, but it's okay, you know, because everybody can generate some other muscle activity, as long as it's not too high, you know, for, 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 for patient, for example.
1: So you've been applying this sort of technique to, and in this case, it's, it's it, it, what we call around here cancer fatigue, right? Yeah. So, it's, it's, so it's... This is
2: actually for cancer weakness.
1: Cancer weakness. Yeah. Okay. And that's different than fatigue?
2: No. So yes, yeah, Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so cancer weakness, uh, meaning people are in the throes of cancer or cancer rehab, or is it rehab? Is it rehab? Is that where you're working with them? Or are you working with them during their treatment?
2: No, yeah, we okay. actually uh, this is it's, it's, this is an independent study, so right. we we do not uh, collaborate closely with uh, you know cancer rehabilitation in clinic, but it's uh, we just uh, ask them to help us to recruit patients to join our study. Okay.
1: So. Okay, and um, so so tell me so tell me a little bit about that study then. So you're asking them to tell tell me you're asking them to. Uh, do you essentially exercise with their mind is that is that what you're doing do you give them like do you- yeah
2: similar idea so um, so there's there's uh, the study has you know has um, three three cancer patient groups uh, one is a control group uh, you know just to just get Tested repeat, you repeat, know, you know, many times. Yep, just testing the strength. Uh, without any exercise. Yep. So that's a control group. So we just see how, whether, you know, with a longitudinal testing, if there's any change. And uh, another group is, uh, I call it um, high mental effort group. So, so they are uh, instructed to... Um, this is uh, this. I think this is an uh, uh, elbow flexion,
1: like a bicep curl. Yeah, bicep. Yeah. yeah.
2: So they are instructed to. It's a hand grip. I'm sorry. Oh, hand grip. That's okay. <laughs> hand grip. Yeah, it's a hand grip. So they are asked to you know just carefully generate, you know, a level of uh, grip so it may generate some. Uh, not more than thirty percent of maximal force.
1: So they're so, actually squeezing the hand grip. Yeah, and, to okay. some
2: extent. So we are not we are not uh, particularly uh, encouraged to just concentrate on generally the very precise force. But as long as you don't go, go over. Right. So so so. But mainly uh, focus on urging the muscle right. to contract maximally. So this is a it's a complicated process in the in, in, in the nervous system so first of all you have to you only allowed to do this uh, low level contraction but then uh, on the other hand your mind trying to generate a very strong signal right yeah it seems complicated but you can do it relatively easily uh, some, you know once you get used to it
1: and the idea is to yeah. train them train them how to use their mind to yeah
2: strengthen their body right so uh, again urge. Or urgent, it's a, it's a keyword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, otherwise, people sometimes just think, oh, I'm just thinking something. Yes, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> You have to work really hard in your mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, And they, 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 uh, the third group is a low mental effort. So they basically, you know, uh, using their muscle to a similar extent, uh, you know, generates a low force. But at uh, the same time, so we present, on a TV or computer screen uh, to let them watch a, a TV program. They, they they chose uh, at, at the beginning. They are interested in, for example, a TV series or uh, you know a movie or something. So even though they are generally something, but uh, their mind is concentrated on something else so they're, they're watching not,
1: they're not urging their mind they're not, no, no. Yeah, yeah yeah okay I got it inter- they're concentrating
2: watching the program they're very interested got it so, got so it. the a low mental effort <coughs> effort related to this particular motor task how did you make the uh, jump to
1: using this as rehab then when you were there at um, the Cleveland Clinic like
2: how- well you know the uh, rehab probably SMO, uh, the the It's an area that uh, this idea of this uh, particular uh, research uh, topic can be applied uh, relatively easily and also with uh, wide application. You know many neurologic patients and many cancer patients and orthopedic patients you know they all have uh, limited ability to use and you know uh, doing a high level or high intensity physical exercise. But they, they, they can always use, use their mind to, to, to uh, you know, maintain or improve their muscle, muscle, muscle strength.
1: And then from your past experience and, and um, what you think this, this study is going to bring out is, is w- what's the benefit of being able to exercise with this urgency, with urgentness. urgentness? Um, what's the benefit then for the patient? Like, w- how does that help them?
2: Well, they, you know, they, 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 can, uh, they can maintain their muscles, muscle health. You know, they, you know uh, one, the, the reason the muscle degenerates is you don't use it. Right. And s- s- the way you don't use it specifically is that the, the muscles do not receive input from your nervous system. But uh, with this kind of uh, uh, training, uh, the, the nervous system is sending a uh, signal to your muscle. The muscle is actually still lively connected with your, your nervous system. So the muscle will be, uh, condition will be maintained. Especially for, for patients, we don't really interest in ask a patient, asking patient, oh, try to do exercise without the activity, make, make your muscle silent. No, we, we try to ask them to just, you know, you don't have to exercise your muscle to high intensity that you, you make you nervous. But uh, you know, just uh, if you can do some level exercise, that's fine. And but uh, make sure that you 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 make your brain work work hard.
1: And is it, is it someday? Do you imagine like there'll be like a workout like for people <clears throat> that can't do any of the lifting at all? You'll have, like, okay, here's, you know, here's, do three reps of thinking about biceps. Do three reps of thinking about, like, is that what you imagine this could be someday? It's like a whole training program?
2: Well, um, like for young people, for healthy people, I always suggest them to do your physical exercise right. as hard as you can because this way you train both your muscle and your brain to, you know, to the, um, you know, highest extent, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, for patients or people who have, um, you know, limitations uh, to do high level, you know, high intensity muscle exercise, Uh, but, uh, you know, keep doing whatever you can with your physical exercise, but make sure that you get your nervous system involved in a high level. And then um, not only then you can maintain your muscle uh, condition or muscle health. But also, you may be able to improve it. You may be improve your your, your strength that uh, can help you, you know, many many functions. For example, balance. You know, strength is a major factor of the balance. A balance, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or uh, many everyday activities. For example, carry grocery, grocery bags, and you know, walking the yard. They always you know requires a certain level of, of muscle strength. And, there's, a, there's many applications.
1: That's very cool, and and mm-hmm. you're still you're still experimenting with it. Yeah, after sure. all these years. Yeah. actually,
2: yeah. The next my next experiment, if I get a grant to do this, I really want to see how what happened in the brain that um, you know after you know many weeks of uh, this kind of you know mental training, how the brain changed and how the connection between brain and the muscle change, and how that change correlates with change of the muscle strength. So that's something I really want to do. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, that, gonna... That's a difficult one, so, but, but it need to be done. Yeah. If you only knew a place
1: that had a giant MRI machine.
2: <laughs> MRI, yeah, of course. Um, and also some uh, maybe, um, you know, you know, the uh, high-density EEG and the TMS we're doing. Yeah. Uh, That can, do. you know, all can answer some questions.
1: Put it all together. Yeah. Mm. Well, so let's, because we're talking, I've made a joke about Kessler having an MRI machine. Um, So let's talk about Kessler here for a second. So uh, you left the Cleveland Clinic after I think 18 years, right, to come here to Kessler Foundation that must have been a little scary like 18 years I've never had a job for longer than 4 or 5 years so oh, yeah. so to be somewhere for 18 years wait a minute I think yes I've been married for 18 years just this July so you know and I'm not planning on changing that because it would just be too many things I'd have to figure out if I changed it um, not to mention I love my wife um, how did you come to that decision or well, how did
2: that come about well 18 years actually it's really long but I think about it, I, you know till January next year. I've been here at Castle Foundation for eight years. For That's how long? Eight. Eight, okay. Yeah, so it seems a very short time. It's so already eighty years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just eight years. So, but uh, you know, the, the, the reason I came to Castle Foundation, first of all, you know, uh, the foundation approached me. Yeah. Uh, the first time I, I, I was contacted was by a recruiter I think somehow I can't remember exactly what happened, but Roger contacted me.
1: Roger, the CEO, yeah, right, of Kessler Roger Foundation, contacted
2: me and asked me uh, whether I, you know I would like to come to Castle uh, Foundation, work at the Castle Foundation. Uh, so I think I came for an interview and gave a presentation and went back to Cleveland. At that time, when I told. Cleveland Clinic as I was planning to uh move to uh New Jersey Castford and the key, uh, Cleveland Clinic uh, worked really hard to try to keep me there. <laughs> <laughs> they gave a counter offer and uh and uh the, uh, the department chair of uh, both biomedical engineer and uh, uh PMR uh they both met me and asked me what I want and uh, <laughs> you know, so, so they made it in. even harder yeah so that's really that's a really hard very hard decision uh, because since I, I i had worked in Ki in for so long and then, and then then they the leadership was so um, uh, you know uh, trying so hard to to to, to keep me there. Yeah. So eventually, so I, I, um, I decided to stay oh. uh, in the <laughs> That was, uh, uh, I think that was 19, uh, 2009, uh,
0: 2009,
2: 2009, huh. 2009. Um, so, so I sent Roger an email. I can't remember. It's maybe a letter. And then so it was so hard. That's that decision was so hard. And I was uh, I was uh, very afraid to 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 pick up Rogers phone. I phone call. C-
1: I can imagine because yeah. he probably thought, Oh boy, yeah. I have this
2: new guy and he's great. <laughs> so when I you know, the, the phone has a you know window that can show the phone number. Right. When I saw the see the number from can you, from a, from Castle Foundation or or Roger's cell phone so I, did, I I even didn't pick up <laughs> <laughs> for many times oh. <laughs> for many times
1: so so what happened then cuz you're here now so you're yeah, here yeah yeah so, so that
2: was in uh, 2009 so what happened so so about 2 years later 2011 um i you know, at that time I almost forgot about Roger and, right. the, and the phone numbers. <laughs> and I, one day the phone ran. Picked so I picked up. That was Roger. <laughs> That's two years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, so he had another offer? Well, he's still asking me to consider, you know, <laughs> uh, Kessler Foundation's uh, position. Um, but you know, as as you said previously, you know, it's, it's, it's many times it's just on you know, it's a, it's a uh, you know, it's a coincidence or whatever. So mm-hmm. things come together at that time. So um, so the person, you know, the uh, the department chair, uh, PMR department chair, Kevin Uh my good friend, and uh, he worked with me closely, and uh, he left by that time. Oh. And the way he left, I was not happy because uh, he was recruited by Cleveland Clinic, uh give him, give him a big uh, package to to let him, uh, you know, build a strong rehabilitation research program. Right. After three years or something, yeah, after a few years, uh, he's still in the process of, you know, building the program. Uh, actually, I, I was in charge of that program, the right. research program. Right. And for some, you know, I think uh, you know political reasons. Sure. He, um, Clinton Kennedy took back that that uh, package, oh. and he could not use that resource anymore. Oh. So that so means that you know, and without any reason, I know, you know. So, so he I, he actually was not very he was uh, very disappointed, and he he decided to leave. Mm. And I also thought you know he was you know. He was lured to the Cleveland Clinic and gave a big package. And then after he came and then took a package back. So I yeah. thought so that, so that's, that's an unethical thing to do. Yeah. So I was un- un- unhappy. At that time, I, I, you know, I lost my confidence uh, of, uh, you know, to Cleveland Clinic. Yeah. And about that time, Roger, <laughs> Roger <Longo> came. <laughs> You're just a
1: lucky dog, that's all. Yeah. You're just a lucky so, guy.
2: Yeah, that's the reason I came to, the, yeah, to the Castle <laughs> Foundation.
1: <laughs> that's great. So your your job here then is I'm going to read it. Director of Mobility and Rehabilitation Engineering Research, and that, as we've t- discussed, I mean that cuts across a lot of fields: biomechanics, bioengineer, yeah. uh, movement analysis, robotics, um, neuroimaging. At what point do you think that? You know, rehabilitation used to be something, and now it's now it's about engineering, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, yeah engineering. Of course, it's a, it's a big part of the uh, rehabilitation, medical rehabilitation. It, it wasn't always though, right?
1: It wasn't always about engineering.
2: Well, I, it's always uh, there's a rehab. Uh, I mean, engineering component, but it's not as big as now. Yeah. You know, you know, olden times the people there's a you know orthotic. Right you know, programs that uh, make, uh, you know, artificial uh, limbs, uh, artificial joint. yeah. But now there's the technology so so, you know, so much advanced and there's so many new uh, new initiatives and uh, uh, advancements and um, so many different uh, assistive devices, you know, all, yeah, there, there, there definitely, is a, a much bigger component now,
1: and it's all interconnected somehow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, h- how do you think um, we're doing uh, with the, with neuro, diseases? I, I, is, are we are we getting anywhere as far as the rehab goes? Are you seeing improvements? Uh, is it's the, is the eng- all this engineering is it helping, and how's it helping?
2: Yeah, so I think it's uh, you know all... All components components i mean components of um, you know rehabilitation you know including you know engineering including uh, you know activity training including you know physiological uh, studies that uh, help understanding you know you know the neuromuscular systems that make a movement um, but I think the 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 big problem now for neurological uh, disorders. Uh, we still don 't know how this system uh, i mean neuromuscular system, nervous system muscular system how, we still don 't know how this system after injury after disease it, and you know uh, uh, regenerate and repair mm-hmm. so that's that 's the major obstacle that uh, preventing people getting more. Uh, getting quicker and a more complete uh, recovery so we there is that another still lacking
1: S- so you just at this point you're i mean that's kind of what your research is is trying to figure out trying to figure that out i guess, is how I
2: mean, that part you know it's a more like a basic science that i think that people many people are doing animal research uh you know are more specifically looking into that particular um uh, questioning, you know, how the system is regenerated, how the system repair uh, itself uh, after injury, after disease. Uh, for us, you know, we are doing system, uh, you know, clinical studies. Uh, we try to uh, <clears throat> understand, you know, a given uh, technology or given uh, treatment, um, whether this this treatment uh, can improve this particular function better than other treatment, and eventually we, want, we also want to understand if this treatment give us a better outcome. Uh, it's related to you know better you know neural plasticity or neural uh, uh, and nervous system uh, changes that uh, you know we can see using our MRI machine, using our EEG system, using our TMS system, for example. so yeah so but we cannot we we you know labs in our center cannot uh, tell you know on a basic science level how the cell uh like uh, nervous, uh, nerve nervous cells or muscle cell change so that's more difficult for us yeah, you can figure out what's
1: working but you can't say why for sure yeah
2: but yeah. Uh, we probably can say on a system level for you know, the whole on the brain mm-hmm. on the muscle on the on the you know on a um, whole level uh, whether the changes can be correlated with 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 outcome or with with the recovery
1: what are what are some of the things as far as since you've been here that you're most proud of that your labs have studied
2: yeah you know as i said you know uh, one of the uh my previous research research out, you know outcomes is is a uh, uh pro- that demonstrating that uh you know, just using your mind can increase your strength. That's probably something I really you want to tell people. <laughs> yeah. That seems so, like
1: news every time you say yeah, it. So yeah. that's great.
2: And I still receive, you know, the uh, um, reporters and... Uh, They're still calling you about yeah, it? Still yeah, still calling about, about well, you writing, keep... <laughs> writing something. And um, another area that I, I you know, um, I'm uh, excited about is... Uh, uh, research related to uh, muscle fatigue or or physical fatigue in general.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> so, uh, even though you know you get a physical fatigue uh, due to motor activities, but the fatigue actually uh, has two components. One is the cognitive fatigue. One is a, uh muscle fatigue. Mm-hmm. So, wh- when I say cognitive fatigue, it's not probably a little bit different than cognitive fatigue that uh, N L <coughs> the study. When I talk about cognitive fatigue, is the muscle lost the ability uh, in the process to recruit muscle? I mean, the, the the nervous system lost the ability to recruit muscle to uh, to participate in the motor activity. So I, I see that's also a cognitive component because so you know the central nervous system uh, lost the ability to uh, recruit the muscle for, for the motor activity. Um, because that happen, you know uh, you know happen at the higher level of the system, and also uh, higher level than even uh, a motor cortex. Mm-hmm. You know, motor cortex is 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 a particular motor um, brain area that controls muscle. But above the motor cortex is is um, brain areas that send. The um, signal to motor cortex uh, mm. telling motor cortex what to do. So. Right, right. So, so, uh, so even with the physical fatigue, uh, there's there's a mental part that you you have you lost ability to uh, generate to drive your muscle. It's actually.
1: not just that your muscles are tired; right. it's that yeah. your brain yeah. can't, for yeah. whatever reason, yeah. can't
2: right. So recruit them. Yeah. The next. Uh, the next. It's more muscle fatigue itself. So m- many patients, when we look at the um, data, uh, they're fatigue mainly from the nervous system. They, when when they, you know, lost ability to continue the the motor activity, when we look at the muscle, the muscle still relatively uh, unfatigued. The muscle still could, could do it. generate force, but uh, because they lost the muscle. Lost the uh, signal from the brain, so there's no driving signal. The muscle has to stop. <laughs> right,
1: right. Most people, I th- yeah, yeah, that's I. That'll never, I'll never get tired of thinking about that. That's it's like a perfect place to end. So I think I'll end it right there. Thank you for being with me. I really appreciate you talking
0: to us. Oh, you're welcome. This is my pleasure. For more information about Kessler Foundation, go to kesslerfoundation.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts.